Welcome to the Heart to Heart Spiritual Direction Podcast with Father Michael Stalla, Spiritual Advisor of Hope's Garden. At Hope's Garden, it is all about the heart, the heart of Christ the Bridegroom, and how His love is healing our hearts, marriages, and families. You can learn more about the Bridegroom at hopesgarden.com. This episode of the Hope's Garden Heart to Heart Spiritual Direction podcast is Father Matthew Kortnick's homily for the fifth Sunday in Ordinary Time. Father Matt is the pastor of Saints Cosmos and Damien Parish in Twinsburg, Ohio. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. On leaving the synagogue, Jesus entered the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. Simon's mother-in-law lay sick with a fever. They immediately told him about her. He approached, grasped her hand, and helped her up. And the fever left her, and she waited on them. When it was evening, after sunset, they brought to him all who were ill or possessed by demons. The whole town was gathered at the door. He cured many who were sick with various diseases, and he drove out many demons, not permitting them to speak because they knew him. Rising very early before dawn, he left and went off to a deserted place where he prayed. Simon and those who were with him pursued him, and on finding him, said, Everyone is looking for you. He told them, Let us go on to the nearby villages, that I may preach there also. For this purpose I have come. So he went into the synagogues, preaching and driving out demons throughout the whole of Galilee. The Gospel of the Lord. So I'll admit to you that I don't watch a lot of television, um, mainly because I just don't have time, but also because I think it's a waste of time. I'm just personal opinion, hot take. Life is very short, and uh, I don't want to watch spend it watching commercials, so I don't watch so much TV, but... There's a couple shows I have liked over the years. One of them is uh, Deadliest Catch. Anybody watch Deadliest Catch? I think it's still going on. Okay, maybe it's not going on anymore. Um, it was on for a long time at any rate. Do we know what it is? Do we know what it is? Okay, all right. Well, this is going to flop. Okay, no. Uh, in case you don't know, it's just about crab hunting, crab fishing, basically, right? So there's these big vessels that are out in the Barren Sea in Alaska, and they're hunting a bunch of king crab, and it's pretty dangerous. I think it's, in fact, one of the most dangerous jobs out there in the world. And it's crazy because sometimes they catch all of these crab. They know what they're doing. You have these captains that have been out there forever. But then there's these huge storms. And sometimes they risk going through there. And the boat is just going all over the place. And the, the, the waves are crashing in on it. And it's crazy because although many times they know what they're doing and they can catch so much crab, when they're in the midst of this huge storm, their skills are totally useless. Like there's nothing that they can do to catch this crab. And it's risky because they depend on that to make their money, of course. And I thought about that image of when the waters are just choppy and all over the place and how when that's the case, you can't do what you ought to do. It's probably the case for any fisherman, anyone who goes fishing regularly, or maybe when you're a kid, you remember going to the little pond at the park and, you know, you're there at the edge of the water. And when the water's very clear and calm, you can see the little fish, you know, but as soon as there's one little disruption, the fish all scatter and you can't do anything about it. Well, if you take that analogy and you use it interiorly or spiritually speaking, there's a lot of good that can come from that. Namely that if in our souls interiorly, it's just a mess in terms of like a storm, 
we're not going to be able to be very fruitful in what we're doing in terms of our prayer life and our life of charity and life, our lives as Christians. But if it's calm and things are as they ought to be, then we can act as we should act. This is the model that Jesus gives in today's gospel. So if you recall from last Sunday, Jesus goes and he heals someone who's exercised or possessed by a demon. So he does that. He teaches in the synagogue. And then today the story continues where he goes to heal Simon's mother-in-law. He's very kind to mother-in-laws. So, you know, I'm just saying, just saying. Gives us a good model to follow um, with our in-laws, you know. But at any rate, um, so he heals Simon's mother-in-law. Then he goes on to teach and to heal to nearby villages. So if there's one thing that everybody has in common with Christ in our modern day and age, whether you're a believer in him, whether you're not a believer in him, it's that he's busy. Jesus is very busy, and especially in Mark's gospel. It's the shortest of the four gospels. This is the year of Mark. You're going to be hearing a lot of Mark. But Jesus is just going from one thing to the next. Mark is not as entertaining in terms of like the long, great stories of John, for example. But Mark's Jesus is just very much on the go. And he's very busy all the time. And he's very needed, right? There's the whole town. Did you catch that? The whole town was gathered at the house of Simon Peter. He probably was not fond of that. But nonetheless, the whole town's gathered there. But in the midst of the, all of that busyness that Jesus is doing, did you notice, it was only one sentence long, did you notice what he did in between all of that? He went to a deserted place and he prayed. He went to a deserted place and he prayed with his heavenly father early in the morning before dawn. And even then, he just wants to take a moment of prayer Simon's like, people are looking for you. He's like, all right, then let's go. I have, this is why I'm here, right? Jesus is the ultimate model of everything that we do in terms of living our life. If you've ever wondered, what am I supposed to do? How am I supposed to live my life? How am I supposed to discern this or discern that? Handle this situation or this person or this relationship? Always look to the person of Christ in the gospels. Always. That's why it's there. So what is Jesus trying to model for us in this very simple sense where he woke up, he went to a deserted place, and he prayed? I think it's this. Our world is so focused on being busy. How many times has someone said to you, I would love, can you do this for me? And how many times have you said, well, I'm just too busy. I'd love to do it. I just, I just can't do it. I have this huge job. I'm working 40, 50 hours a week. I got all these young kids, you know, uh, blah, 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 blah. Like, we're always busy. We're always doing something. Here's the thing. It does not have to be that way. And here's the main lie that we get all the time. Our value is based on our busyness. That's a total lie. And we all fall into it all the time. Our value in terms of our families, our societies, other people is based on how busy I am. If I'm not busy, if I'm not doing something, Every waking moment or every weekend, then something must be wrong. No, something's not very wrong in that regard, but it is wrong in terms of how we're living our life and the time that we have. Because the reality is that if we're living our spiritual lives so busily and we're just going from one thing to the other, it's not going to be fruitful. If we go from the world and the craziness of the world and we enter into this church at four o'clock and we think, that this is going to be a fruitful mass, it probably will not be because we're so caught up 
and our minds are so all over the place of all the things that we've been doing and all the things that we have to do. But instead, if we did what Jesus did and we took five minutes to a deserted place and we just calmed down for a moment and prepared for what was about to take place at this altar, the mass would be a total transformative experience. I hear it all the time. It's boring. I don't get anything out of it. Father's droning on and on. The question is, what are you doing right before you enter? Right before we walk into God's house where he dwells, what are we doing? Because if we're just running in for an obligation, it's not going to work. Because we're so busy. I have so many things I have to do. If we run out right when it's ending, even before I get to the back or right after communion, because I'm so busy, it's not going to work. At the end of time, maybe the judgment question will be, maybe Christ will say, yeah, I, you had a lot going on in your life and you, you did a lot of great things, you know, you have a great career or you have these great relationships and you're very busy. You know, you did a lot of these things in your life. Did you spend time with me at all? Or did you just spend time on worrying about things that are very worldly, they're only just going to pass away later on? We have to take time to pray every day, every day. It's non-negotiable if we want a deep relationship with the person of Jesus Christ. If we want peace, if we want to be loved, if we want to know our true value and our true worth, we have to go to Christ. We have to go to Christ. Maybe some of you were reading the financial report before mass start. Not a good idea. Okay, say maybe wait later and maybe pray and enter into the life of the church. You know, maybe let all that stuff happen in the gathering area. But when you enter into the house of God, prepare yourself. It could take a whopping two minutes to just calm ourselves down into a deserted place and to pray. And I guarantee you. That's what's going to fuel us to be able to do the things that we're supposed to be doing. How in the world was Christ able to go from healing all these people to going from other towns and synagogues? The only way was because he went to his heavenly father and he prayed and he stayed with him and he had a conversation with him. It's more than just praying our fathers and praying Hail Marys and prayers that we've been praying since we were in second grade. It's having that deep personal relationship with the God who died for us and he wants to get to know you. He wants to get to be with you as it's like what parent does not want to be with their kid or with their grandchild or what spouse doesn't want to be with their spouse from time to time. Well, it's no different. Why would God not want to be with us in prayer? Why would we not want to be with the God who died for us and who gave us his body and his blood, but he's not going to force it. So let is a week and a half away, less than a week and a half or so. The question I would encourage all of you to bring to prayer. Is, is about prayer, because prayer is a big part of Lent, obviously. Ask yourself this question. Am I taking time to be in a deserted place and to pray and to be with God one-on-one -on -one every single day? And if I'm not, even if it's five minutes of a 24-hour day, how can I better do that? How can I better do that? Because I'll tell you what, it'll be more rewarding than pornography. It'll be more rewarding than YouTube and social media and Instagram. It'll be more rewarding than commercials and television and books and gossiping about people at work. 
Just spend time with God. This is not rocket science because everything else that the world offers you will not work. So brothers and sisters, we must pray. We have to pray if we want to be in relationship with God and find that inner peace. So may we use him as a model and example and be tranquil and be calm and be with the God who loves us. Take time to pray. Take time to prepare for mass and to prepare for the great things that he has for us in store. Let us go to a deserted place once in a while and be with the God who loves us.